There'd been a recent wave of gorgeous fashion models found naked and unconscious in laundromats on the west side. Unfortunately, I was assigned to investigate holdups at neighborhood credit unions. Let's play Global Thermonuclear War. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Hands in the air! Hello, I told you to stay on the ship. Yes. I didn't listen. Thank you. Disarray with Jamie Ray, wishing there was an essential oil that smells like freshly printed mimeographed test papers. Now here he is, direct from the Plastic Microphone Studios, Jamie Ray. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Complete Disarray. Sits down and watches Star Trek Picard with Captain Picard and everybody else. And they're in their spaceship and they're going all these different places. And that's us! <laughs> no, just kidding. Welcome to this episode of Complete Disarray with Jamie Ray. Once again, Super Gus is sitting in the Plastic Microphone Studios with me. Welcome, Super Gus. Thank you for having me. Of course, your tummy's full. Yes, it is. Very full. All right. Oh, I got fed rib beans and rice. Uh -huh. Can't beat that. With ham sausages. <laughs> you always get fed well when you come here, I Yes, hope. I do. That's what we try. So uh, so that is that is my payment for Gus's services once again. <laughs> to sit down and discuss our most favoritest show yes. right now it's called I, not even called it's not even star trek picard it's just Picard. and you know i've got to admit you know with each episode i'm becoming i, I love this show yeah you know i, I realize that some fans think that it's too slow paced mm -hmm. but with me it's just like the building of the story right right you know till they get to that you know to the end and it's just like enjoy it for what it is that's right that's right. Not and this this is a very spoiler heavy show. So if yes. you have not watched Star Trek's uh I'm sorry, Picard's season one, episode six, The Impossible Box, mm -hmm. we're telling you right now to stop and go and watch it and come back and then enjoy our episode. <laughs> or if you're one of those people who just has to open all their Christmas presents two days before Christmas, then you can listen to this episode and then go watch the episode. So however you want to do it. Dealer's choice. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, we are going to break down um, the impossible box, which, of course, is referring to the Borg cube or the artifact, as it's called. Don't you think? You see, this is a toss up. It's right. between the Borg cube or that device. Romulan Rubik's cube. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I was, that was, I was getting there because I think. The impossible cube is supposed to be the Rubik's cube, the, the Romulan cube. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's not impossible because Narek already talks about how, and shows you twice how right. he solves it. 
So I think that that's a misnomer, and they're actually talking about the cube and all of its secrets. So yeah, I, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. And you know what made me think about it, and we'll get to it, is, is when they're, they're looking for the queen's chambers, mm-hmm. and the walls keep changing and stuff. Oh. That's what it made me think of. But you know, that is a cool effect. That was very cool. And you know, I noticed the walls earlier in the mm-hmm. uh, episode doing that. Yes. Just kind of as you're walking down the hallway. Right. They just like, like, shimmer's not a good word for it. but just, Reconfiguring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's how I felt too. But, uh, but you, you know, I have to admit, when you have a budget for special effects. Mm-hmm. And, and know, the people who do the budget right. <laughs> and, the, you know, your graphics people know how to utilize it correctly. Right. You get awesome shots. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because I can't imagine them doing something like that in the original series. I know. I'm sorry. The next generation. I know what you meant. Um, the original series right. with Picard in it. Um, for me, it is just, it's just like a welcoming warm cup of cocoa to watch these episodes because like mm-hmm. we'll see Hugh later on in the episode right and, uh and i'm going to talk about that but he, he just the character's happiness to see picard mm-hmm. was seemed so genuine and i can only imagine that's because of the actual actor uh, uh jonathan del arco right. and his just just happiness to be back on the show. You know, I met him oh. many, many years ago, mm-hmm. just after the first uh, Hugh episode had come out at a show. Really? Re- yeah, really, you know, <laughs> super friendly guy, um, you know, very handsome guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 just really cool that they're bringing these people back, not just to bring them back and go, oh, look at this, we've got the old... Right. Each one of them has a very unique reason for being there. Yes. And I think they're doing that real well. Which, very well. You know, just like Seven of Nine from last week, you know, <laughs> she, play, <laughs> she played an important part in the series, and it made sense. It does. As an ex-Borg, mm-hmm. you know, she was the perfect person to come into that, you know, into yeah. the series. Yeah. Just like with you. Exactly. Exactly. So... Um, well, if you, uh, you ready to just dive into it? I'm ready. All right. So, so the episode starts off, um, if I'm not mistaken, with Soji's dream. Yes. All right. Um, very interesting, very 80s horror type dream <laughs> effects to it, you know? Um, the lightning, the yeah, dark, dark the trees room. hitting up against the, right. you know? So, ready um, for Freddy to come jumping out somewhere. Right. I'm telling you. And then out comes what we assume is young Soji, since it's her dream. Mm-hmm. They're twins, so who knows? Um, <laughs> at that point, um, and so, well, go ahead. You tell us a little bit about how you felt about what that dream sequence. Um. Well, I think as an android, my first thought was, wait, if she's an uh, android, why is she dreaming? And does she dream of electric sheep? Who knows? Hey. But then I remembered Data dreamt uh-huh. also. In fact, I forget the name of the episode, but it had the crow or the raven, right. whatever it was. I think it was, yeah, the raven. No, that's the episode of the Voyager <laughs> episode. But no, I remember exactly what you're talking about. Right. So it, I realized it does make sense. There is, you know, there's basis behind it. Right. But I thought it was a, not surreal. Um, it had that dreamlike quality to it. 
and being a dream, that's a really good idea. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, what an a-hole. Well, um, the thing is, you knew she was dreaming. Right. And, well, it could have been a memory. I, you know what? Because of the way that the, the camera was slightly angled uh-huh. uh, and just the general feel of it, I, I kind of felt right the way it was a dream. But she was remembering a dream. But right. then we found out, no, she's actually having the same dream right. over and over and over right. again. And for me, I thought it was a memory. And then we find out later it's, it's some, something, yeah. Yeah, right. something reconciling itself. But we'll right. get to that later. Yeah, bubbling to the top. Um, but, you know, in the end, she she doesn't remember. Something um, breaks her out of the dream. Right, wakes her up because she's scared when her father right. calls out to her. Right. So, I, so when she walks into the room, so she wakes up. She's, trying, she's calling for her father. She mm-hmm. can't find him. She goes down the hallway to his lab, right. opens up the door, and she sees the back of her dad mm-hmm. uh, and all of these beautiful pink orchids. Yes. So obviously it's not real orchids. I think it's got to be, it's got to, it's got to mean something else. Okay. That her mind is interp- interpreting them as flowers, but why would the dad have been working on all the orchids when he was building robots? It's got to be something else. But she doesn't know exactly what he's working on though. No, she does. In her subconscious. Yes. So that's, that's why true. I'm saying. That's true. I think we may find out later. Maybe not. Maybe maybe it was orchids. Maybe he was a, well, a you know, a herbivorist as well. But I think the orchids may have stood for something else. I don't know. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting interpretation of it. Thank you for not um, saying I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, because without spoiling anything... Suffice to say that orcas do play a part later on. Okay. All right. We'll see. And Look that's all I'm going to say. Look at me figuring it out. Because, uh, again, <laughs> if you haven't listened to this show before, Gus has seen all of these episodes up to the most recent one yes. through season two, right? Yes. So he knows a lot more about this show than I do. <laughs> so um, my guesses could be way off or they could be right on. Who knows? Yeah. Or somewhere in the middle. We'll see. And then, uh, so he, he yells at her when he, re- and then that's when she wakes up. Right. And guess where she's at? Wow, wow. <laughs> she is in bed with the, she's sleeping with the enemy. Yes. It, she doesn't know yet. Exactly. And I guess, I, a part of me was like, why would she fall so hard for this, basically, dude, she met like, what, last week? Yeah, two weeks from what I was saying. Two, <laughs> and one that she obviously feels is not who he says he is. You know, it's like, why are you doing this if you don't feel safe and comfortable that this person that really has your best interests uh, you know there's a reason for that mm-hmm. or at least i think there is hormones what sorry B- besides that you know um we are, we're all talking about how um narek is inv- um, interrogating well not interrogated but trying to get answers out of her right i think she's also playing him i think to a degree but a much lesser degree than he is playing her I think well, she's she's interested in him because he's a complete unknown while he's looking at her because as a mystery that he knows there is a solution that he has to solve. For her, she's just like, what is his really intentions and what's he doing? But with her... See, I, I, have to do, I think subconsciously, mm-hmm. she knows he knows something. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I could see that. Now, you know, they... they or what it, and how, what it refers to and... In what means, right? You know, no. I don't know. I I just keep thinking to myself, you know, while watching it, like, 
she's got to be playing him. Yeah. Yeah, and then later on in the end, when she's like, she says his name seventeen times in a row, it's like <laughs> she really fell for him, you know. Um, so anyway, they have their little pillow talk where mm-hmm. you know he she asks him about what his real name is, right. and he won't tell her. Yeah, just you know. brushes her off. Right, right. And then, then they leave, and then um, I think that's where we break for the the intro, right? Oh, yeah, I think it's pretty short. So I did notice right away. And I thought it was very cool, very Star Trek Enterprise, is that they switched up. I don't, I don't know if you noticed this, but so in the past, it had been like a flower, and its petals had fallen down, and it was the pieces were coming together, and it was very visual, stunning to put together. This time, it had space and parts of the Borg cube that were going and they finally at the very end come together and form Picard. I don't remember that. I'm, I'm telling you, we're gonna we're gonna pause right here. Uh-huh. See? Yes. <laughs> I, I I've never noticed that. I think it's because I usually skip the intro. You know what? I think a lot of people probably are. And and I do skip it sometimes, uh-huh. but for whatever reason oh I know I was streaming it from my phone to my uh uh fire stick. Uh-huh. And I mean, to my uh, computer, and I didn't um, stop it. Right. And then I noticed it starts off the exact same way, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it quickly goes once it goes through Chateau Picard uh, <laughs> down to that's the only way I can say that, by the way. Chateau the down, Picard down um, to the down below, yeah, to the down below. <laughs> and then it's sport cube stuff, yeah. And I was like, and this reminded me, and that's why I said the Star Trek Enterprise, yes, is when they had the Mirror Mirror episodes, great episode, and great openings. But I love that, that they did it, because it is very subtle. And, of course, I know, mm-hmm. you know, this has been a year, almost two years since you watched it the first time. So, in yes. your rewatches, obviously, you're going to skip through the intro. Right. But I, I thought that was very cool. Uh, and, of course, out there in the podcast universe, we were wrong. You can make that a ringtone, because we never say that. But it's not <laughs> where it... We actually don't see the intro until a couple of minutes later, mm-hmm. because then... Agnes and Rio have their little football game and then they have their little footsie game uh, <laughs> because Agnes comes to to the, I'm sorry, Captain Rios is playing soccer by himself. Right, but there's a whole scene before that. Even before that. Right. Uh, well, a- after Narek and Soji have their conversation, we cut back to, we do cut back to the Sir- La Sir- yeah. La Siriana. Right. Siren? I, I have never been able to um, pronounce that. El Chapo. No, no, no. I'll just say the English translation, the siren. Okay. And uh, Girardi is having a conversation with Picard. Right. And, you know, he talks about, um, she's talking, going over about how Maddox died. And that has, wow, a double <laughs> double yeah. meaning. He he. Thinks she's upset because they were, you know, an item. Right. No, she's really upset because she killed him. Right. And Elnor wants to know if he should outbutt. <laughs> I mean, come on. Even on Romulan, well, uh, as a Romulan, he would have heard that phrase. I don't know. Living in a uh, monastery, I mean, in a nunnery, he may not have. Am I butting in? I, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty. Should I butt candor-ish. out? I don't know, but it's also it's you would we would have to say it was a uh, a human um, idiom, and they might not use it there. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just saying. 
I don't know. I just it thought was, it was about out of all the things that they could talk about, that's the one thing he did not get. Right, right. That and, and whether uh, he should uh, shouldn't be in budding. <laughs> he's a very good judge of character and what's going on. Though. Yes, he is. He sees right away that her pain right. is not just what she's right. telling Picard. But um, it, as they're talking, though, you know, Agnes is like, well, maybe the uh, uh, Borg have changed. And that triggers Picard. Talk about hashtag trigger trigger Picard. Yes, Um, I mean, he... Don't talk about the Borg and don't talk about the line. I always thought that he had put the Borg experience behind him. Yes. I, I mean, the, the only time the only time they really talk about it is after he was first assimilated in the best of both worlds. He re, he goes on leave to his brothers for his, for brothers. I think it's right. The and you know he's they to me in my mind he dealt with it. Oh, but then he, but you forget about first contact because then it all came rushing back again. True. So, but it still seemed like he was handling it. Well, I agree, but we also haven't seen him for. 20 something years True. and he's becoming older right. and like too many people we know you start to have the mental break you know mm-hmm. the, the breakdowns uh, the Alzheimer's those dementia type things right. so it could be that what he did have totally under control has now started to get sometimes get the better one. plus he's going to their house True, because yeah. he's never gone back to an actual queue right the last time he went he wasn't invited right. exactly I mean he, it wasn't by uh by invitation, by choice, yeah. yeah, but no, that was that was a very good scene. It though. was. It I was. mean, it shows and just how that, passionate. Right, and we see that again once he, he gets on board. Yes, yeah, very much so. But you're right. So that scene happens, and then one of the very one of the coolest, I think, one of the best uses of uh, special effects so far in this is he sits down at the computer and he's doing a, a Google oh. search, and he find, finds all these pictures. He finds a picture of Hugh, mm-hmm. which we know we're going to see. Uh, I was surprised. I thought maybe he would see a picture of iChip since he was dead. Right. Just in his Google search. But mm-hmm. um, uh, whatever Google's called that. It's probably still Google, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Google you know, be all-powerful. Yeah, I'm surprised we don't see, like, instead of cubes, we see the letter G <laughs> floating through space. Um, but then he sees a picture of Locutus. Oh. And because you're seeing it from his side, right. but then it flips to look at him, the, mm-hmm. the screens are clear. So they just adjust it just a little bit, and suddenly it's a perfect match for his right. face. Basically, the the locutus is right. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that was an awesome. And then, scene. did you see his hand reach yes. out and touch it? I was yes. Like, wow. So in my good. mind, you know, for whatever reason, it's affecting him more now at this age. Yeah, I think so. And like we we don't really know what's been going on in the twenty plus years no. since the last. Um, you know, the last show of the next enterprise, uh, Lord, the next generation, right. he may have had further encounters with the Borg. That's true. Because as we all know, the Borgs are like a bad case of an STD. It never goes away. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how many times between have the I next had generation? Have Wait, no, what? No, no, no. no, okay. How many times between the next generation and Voyager have they killed off the Borg Queen? Right. At least but, twice. But like a bad STD, she just keeps coming back. <laughs> I can't believe that's what you're using. Oh, yeah. That space gonorrhea is horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then we come back. You're right. Then we come back and uh, Agnes and Rio play a little um, 
Rios is playing football and then they play footsie. And I love the fact that her superpower is that she can automatically um, feel when something be, when she's doing when she's in the idea. middle of it. Doesn't mean she's going to not do it, but she she knows right then. Now I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I this combination kind of felt fell flat for me. Well, it felt. Forced is the word for me. Yes. And the reason yes, I say that, word. not by the writers, but by Agnes's character. Right. I think that she is looking for something like a drug or like an alcohol mm-hmm. that will help her get over just killing Bruce. You right. Know? And, and, and I know you I'm, you probably know this answer, but you know my assumption is, is that she is definitely working for a different group. Whether that group is Starfleet and she, you know, is 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 responsible for cleaning up this mess, or finding out what the end result is. I don't, that was not by choice. I think, yes, yeah, she was probably felt guilty because she was involved in the the making of the twins and and kind of how it went. But she wouldn't have killed him just because that was it. There's something else. Someone told her get the information, and he, that he needs to be dead. Yes. I'm not going to say any more okay. because we'll co- that'll come up in a further episodes, right. but there is a reason why she did what she did. Right. And so my thought is, is if that is true and that she is being enforced, being forced by someone else, then we're going to find out like anytime you're in this situation where you're in it deep and somebody comes to blackmail you, the question is then going to come up. When am I next? Once ever, once all the loose threads are tied up, I'm still a thread. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's just, you know, so I, I was going there. So, so I think um, that's why she beds him is, uh, is to, is to kind of make it. I don't know. It's just, it, 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 it did not feel right. Okay. Now, granted Rios is on his ship by himself for Lord knows how long at a stretch. So, yeah, maybe like, oh, well, you know, it's been a while, so sure, why not? Mm-hmm. But I still think that there's enough of Starfeet in him that even he realizes that this is a bad idea. And that something's not right. Right, exactly. So, it, I don't know, it's just, it, I think what I'm trying to say is that I think they're both too intelligent to have done that. Well. Now, granted, like, I, like we just talked about, Agnes is going through a lot. Right. You know, she's probably not in her right frame of mind, but still, it's just... I definitely would have seen it if she'd have maybe tried to bed the uh, the emergency house dresser or, you know, <laughs> the, the emergency, emergency uh, architect hologram. Um, I would think she'd go after the emergency tactical hologram. See, there you go. Or, or the emergency Uber driver hologram. <laughs> I mean, this ship obviously has all of those. You know, we just haven't seen them yet. We oui, we oui, I'm your emergency pastry chef hologram. What can I do for you? Which but. I I don't understand that either. Yeah. Maybe if they didn't all look like real. I think there's somebody in Starfleet whose brother-in-law was in hologram emitters, and they're like, "Hey, hey, Ralph, can you help me out, man? I need to move some of these hologram emitters. I don't know what to do. Ooh, we could equip every Starfleet ship with them. Oh lord. But anyway, so then we go to the the 2022 creepy brother and sister couple oh, award winners. God, uh, man, those people just woo. Narek and Narisa, Larice. No, is it Laris? Naris. Naris. Yeah, and they have their little strange tete a tete as to 
hey, let's play with my Rubik's Cubes, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she would have liked to have played with some other things, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm yeah. wondering... That, yeah, that's they, they just come off as really incestuous. They really do. And I'm yeah. wondering, is that something with all Romulan siblings, or is it just I think it's just I think it's just her. I want to say in another situation that she is definitely would be the aggressor. Yes. That she is something that somebody like that would use... Um, Sex, the mm-hmm. same way she would use physical abuse, the same way she would use emotional abuse, which to is get basi- what she wants, which is basically what she's done to Narek yes, over exactly. there. <laughs> and you know, so I don't, I don't think with him that, and I, again, could be wrong. I don't think that with him, there's any attraction to the sister. Uh-huh. I think there's fear, and that yes, there is the yes. yeah. There's the there's the the thing in him that's like I've got to prove her wrong about right. me. So every time something comes up, he's trying to to, to do you know one upper. Right. And, but she's a woman. She has those wild, <laughs> um, you know. She's she, obviously these guys. I mean, what are we saying? They're thirty years old, forty years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to tell with Romulans. But she's been doing this to him a long time. Right. So she and, knows the buttons. And you have to wonder which one is older. Mm-hmm. I think she's older. Right. Just by I, if I had to say, I would say that they were either fraternal twins. That that or that she's just like a year or so older because she does. Right. I don't get the feeling like she's like ten years older. Right, but no, it's just yeah. You could tell that she's been in charge of their um, relationship right. from the gig from like whenever. Yeah, and you know it's hard to um, to see Narek uh, as anything but a bad guy. Right. But when you look at this this view of him, you kind of feel like he's been a victim, and. Later in the episode, I really got the feeling like he had really um, developed feelings for Soji, mm-hmm. but he's more committed to the goal right. of finding out what this is. Right. Not necessarily to the sister, but to the end, you know. So, so anyway, so they have that little scene. He plays with his little Rubik's cube, and the ballerina <laughs> drops out at the end. Um, and then we jump back to. Um, the siren, and yes. they are headed to the to the artifact, right? In uh, Romulan space, in Romulan deep in Romulan space, past the former um, neutral, neutral zone. zone, which I thought which, was neat. yeah, that yeah. was cool. So there's know, no more neutral zone. It would just it line. would make sense because there's no more basically there's no more Romulan government, right? Right. Which I still, I mean, there was a lot of stuff I that think happened. You'd say Romulan Empire. Because there yes. still has to be some yes. form of government to outworld, to because to, you've got these different planets that are made up of these colonies and stuff. Correct. They probably have governors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen into that yet. But but basically, they're a fractured race. Right. Right. They're, so it's they're no all over the, the Romulan place. Star Empire. Right. It's just the Romulan settlements here and right. a couple over there and. So, which which made me think. In, in a few minutes, we'll talk about that. What does it matter if you piss the Romulans off? I mean, what are they going to do? You know, <laughs> exactly. Send us some nasty emails and leave us exactly. a bad Yelp review. I don't know. I'm not. Sure. It's like okay. Uh, uh, well, we do know that they still have ships, right? Right. So somehow they, they've got to be intertwined enough to. So, okay, and I'm I'm going to mention something that's going to trigger me. Okay. Somehow they've got to be covering that cost. <laughs> Hashtag no money in Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that somewhere, some funds have, they're creating all these ships. Right. You know, you can't tell me they're not using some kind of currency or something 
you know, that reminds me of a joke uh, where uh, let's show them what a runaway military budget will get you. I, I can't remember. <laughs> it was a sci-fi show. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that one right offhand. I'm going to have to look it up later because, you know, that's what I keep thinking of. Yeah. It's like they have all these ships, but yet... Well, as long How? as you got replicators, you've got more money. So, you know. That's true. If I'm not mistaken, is Latinum unable to be replicated? I think that's why the... And, and so, that wouldn't know, make any sense. Why would Latinum, of all things, not be able to know. be... Maybe it's not the fact that Latinum, of all things, maybe someone figured out that Latinum could not be fabricated. Therefore, you finally have another finite amount of substance. That you could not fake. That I mean, that's what gold and silver and all the precious metals of True. here on Earth. That's but, where the basis had been before we just started printing money. But it's they the, have a, a, a strict atomic structure. I, I, I could understand not being able to replicate any matter. Uh-huh. But I, I, if it's a substance and it has a, like an atomic formula, it should well, still I be able to imagine why then the the Ferengis would place that much value on it. It's something that just could be replicated. Hmm. I mean, that's why they use gold to to wrap the uh, latinum in. It's because you just make gold all day. But can you just not make latinum? You see, that's the question, Podcast Universe. If you know the answer, please reach out to us and let us know. You see, we're getting into that territory of Starfleet finances again. Mm-hmm. So let's not go down let's that rabbit hole. Off and let's go back to the newly named Borg Reclamation Project. Yes. Uh, of which Picard is now searching to get a way in. Mm-hmm. And you see um, Agnes, oh, we could do it. And he shuts her down really <laughs> fast. And again, you see that look on her face. She's not happy that she gets shut down. You know, she obviously thinks she's one of the smartest in the group. And plus, you know, she just killed her life or her, her old time boyfriend. True. But you have to wonder, you know, is she really with Picard? Yeah, I don't. She, she could don't be trying to like you know, if you go in as a scientist, we'll get caught, mm-hmm. and then this will end. Right, and there's so, this, the, so there's the scene where they go with the Quamat Malay way. Quamat Malat. Quamat Malat. It's hey, here's who we are, and here's why we're here. Right, and uh, Picard kind of likes that, but well, it doesn't necessarily. Well, no, because he says that, that if the Romulans don't immediately identify him the right. Borg will as Locuta. Exactly. Which that really didn't make sense. I mean, that's part of the candor part. Right. But they did play into that because later on when they're walking through the cube, an XB walks by him and says, Locutus? Yes. So so he's kind of right. Right. You know, I mean, he is like one of those people. It's like, you can't think Tom Cruise is going to show up at the mall in Alexandria and people aren't going to go, hey, mall, look over there. Is that, <laughs> is that Tom Cruise? That little guy from Mission Impossible? But, you know, after Rafi actually pulls strings... Right, she calls he, Captain Emmy. Right. You know, um, but, for the last time. Exactly, because uh, she burned that bridge. Yeah, she did. Like, she called her so last So many favor. bridges. But during that scene, you know, she's drunk. Oh, she's and high. Yes. I don't know and, what's in that thing, but she's get, she's really trying to... Exactly. The look on Picard's face, though, you know, because mm-hmm. she's on a bridge. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's just lit. And they don't know why. I mean, I know later on she tells Rios. Well, no, yeah, she tells Rios. Yeah, but at this point, they're all just, oh, God, here's Raffi, and she's still drunk. Right. No, Raffi's hurting. Yes, poor hurting Raffi. bad. But, um, you know, in the end, though, even after they get, after she pulls, gets them clearance, mm-hmm. 
he still has to beam over. They're going to recognize him regardless. Right. Because, you know, Rafi told her, uh, the, um, the Starfleet officer, it's not for me, it's right. for Picard. So the Romulans have got to know he's coming. Exactly. So I, I didn't really get why they couldn't have just gone with the, you know, we're a scientist. scientist. Well, Picard's not a scientist. Yeah. Gerard probably would have been able to get on right. the ship. And I think the whole thing was that they were saying is, yes, you don't have to pose as a scientist. You are a scientist. Mm-hmm. But none of us are. So let's just say here's who we are. I'm Admiral Jean-Luc Picard retired. And because I have such a unique background with the Borg, I just want one meeting. Right. And um, Emmy, Captain Emmy, finally gives it to her mm-hmm. with the remark of... Um, this is the last time we'll ever talk, basically. Right. As your as your friend, don't contact me again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, come on. You know, she calls with three hours in advance. Oh, by the way, we're showing up in Romulan <laughs> space. Uh, how about we you know, avoid an intergalactic ex- and you give us this pass? So, uh, yeah. But anyway, that was a cool scene. We I don't know what the background between her and um, well, the I captain loved, are going to be. What I loved about this um, scene was that Evidently, the communications is just one-on-one. Yes, yeah, so you can see the people behind it. Right, because, yeah. you know, the fact that they were talking about Picard while he's sitting right there. Oh, you know you know that she loved every second of that conversation. She's like, yeah, you know his raging id. When he isn't talking about that, he's talking about himself. So. Yeah, he's just sitting there yeah. like, what? And then he cocks for her when she leaves. <laughs> Oh, wow. she, she did put on a performance. She did. She did. But no. So then we jump back to the artifact where we've got uh, our happy young couple, uh, Narek and Soji, are, are walking along talking. And he brings up a very interesting fact, which I like the way he does it because he's not trying to, to uh, aha, I caught you with something. He's right. like, listen, I'm in charge of this and anomalies get flagged. And every time you call your mother, it's 70 seconds. Exactly. She's like, no, no, I like talk for hours. No, it's 70 seconds. I can mm-hmm. show you the logs. And that's when she starts to go, well, that's not possible. I just. Well, you that, know, I like the fact that Narek it doesn't. Uh, he doesn't like, you know, call her out on anything. He right. just like, well, you know, this is what's happening. Yes. And he knows something. My thought uh, thought is, is that when they have that conversation, it's some type of a micro burst of information exchange. But that's the thing is he doesn't know. He just knows that every time she calls her mother, every night, mm-hmm. it's exactly 70 seconds. Right. But in her remembering the next day, she's talking to much, her mother. Yeah. And it's right. a much different thing. So, and this is this is one of the points that that, that Picard does that I'm not really super excited about is you get literally three minutes of that conversation, two to three minutes of them walking, and that's uh-huh. it. And then now it jumps back to the Rios. I mean, to, to Captain Rios' ship, right? Uh, and he and um, oh, help me out here. I'm so bad with that. He and Raffi right. are stumbling to her bed, mm-hmm. and um, this is where she gives her heartfelt confession that hey. You guys don't even know this, but I have a son and now I have a granddaughter who I basically will never see. Right. And you got to feel bad for her. I mean, this all started because, well, I can't say what all started it, but basically her family fell apart because she was chasing, uh, what's that phrase? Chasing the white unicorn, the white whale, the white whale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, 
turns out she's right. Yeah, I mean, but that but doesn't do her any good, you right. know, because now she doesn't have a family or she exactly. doesn't have friends, but she has the truth and the knowledge that she was right. Right, but at the same time, you know, you don't have your son, you're never going to see your grandchild now. I mean, yeah. I mean. Yeah, and I, I've got to say in my um, Hallmark heart that I think that eventually something will work out, but mm. with this new Star Trek, I just, I, I don't know. But you really see a very tender, raw, emotional exchange Right. Uh, where she's telling Rios, you know, she has a son, yeah. and it, basically, she has a granddaughter that she's never going to see. Uh, I I like her her acting in this. Yes, I do too. The actress. Yeah, I don't like her hair. You know, I've had issues with that too. That, look, <laughs> choose pigtails, choose you know this this uh, space fro, but just don't do both because it looks weird the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's... I know that her hair is naturally curly, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just, I, mm, yeah. I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. Did you notice the freaky little hand that's on her um, nightstand, nightstand, nightstand next uh-huh. to her bed? I don't know if it's a wooden hand or if it's like a piece of marble or something, mm-hmm. but um, it's 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 really creepy looking. Um, but you gotta want it. That's probably not hers. It'd probably be Rios's. You think? You think that? I thought that would be like her room that he yeah, was but walking around. Why would she bring her stuff? Well, she wouldn't. She'd she'd replicate it, right? Oh, uh, that's computer, true. please make me a creepy ass hand to put next to my bed. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but anyway, so then um, we again we like, I mean it's like a freaking tennis match. Now we're yeah. back to Soji mm-hmm. and she's got to figure out what's going on. Wait a minute. You know, and she calls the mom, right. which we already know the mom is not the mom. Correct. You know, whether the mom is another robot or it's a VR computer simulation mm-hmm. or something, it's not a real person. And she starts having these conversations and it's like, she cannot keep her eyes open. Right. And do you notice what she did to try and stay awake? I do. She grabs something and stabs it in her hand. It, it doesn't even go through. No. And, it, and then <laughs> and you're right. And then it like almost short circuits whatever the transmission type thing is going on between mm-hmm. them. Because that's that's what I've got to imagine that this is. I gotta imagine that this is a download of her day's activities and whatnot. You for think? who I don't know. I don't know. But for someone, you know, and, and, and then you get that evil glitch thing at the mm-hmm. end. I think that's what that is, is that someone is looking at um what she's doing and trying to kind of you know, get get a recount of the day's activities without oh, her knowing she's giving that. Right. You know. So basically, a seventy second upload. Yes, seventy second upload, and possibly a download in case they're trying to add something to her subconscious to make her, you know, like putting in little things like, hey, you know, based on what we read yesterday, you should really go down to the cafeteria and try the meatballs today, or, or whatever. Or know? we see that this young Romulan. Right. Keeps hitting on you for Getting some busy. reason. We don't know anything about him. Find out more about him. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of what what I got out of that. Uh-huh. Um, and then we jump back to the USS Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hanging outside of the artifact. <laughs> and we find out that Admiral Picard has 24-hour status. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he will it will never be renewed either. So they're like, yeah, you can come, but that's it. And you have to come by yourself. Right. And that's when Picard starts having more of these flashbacks mm-hmm. of him being the Borg. And there's some quick, quick flashbacks. Right. And I love the exchange between, uh, it was 
it was Agnes and somebody. It's like maybe Rios and says, um, "Oh, are you disappointed? You can't go on the board cube?" And she's like, "No, I'm relieved." Yeah. And I thought that was real. <laughs> I really did. Um, and so they won't even let him dock. Right. They have to like beam over. And um, Elnor's not having any of that. You know, I'm I'm coming with you. Uh, no, down boy. <laughs> they won't let you. Right. Um, and Picard and, tells him, "You will stay on this ship." Will. Yes. Yes. And he goes, ah. <laughs> but but I, the scene I like this was um, when um, y'all know it's like I sense a lot of tension between y'all. It's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know because y'all bumped nasties earlier. <laughs> oh wait, am I not supposed to say that? <laughs> oh anyway, so then boom, we're gonna get jumped right back. Um, oh, he does have um, Dodge's necklace. Necklace, right? Yes. So. That's obviously going to come into play later on. He's going to be able to, to, you know, come with me if you want to live. Oh, look, and I have your sister's, you know, <laughs> necklace. So we, mm. we jump back and Soji is, is waking up and mm-hmm. she realizes what the hell. Right. Those phone calls are not what they I think they were. And then she goes and gets her um, 1984 light blue thermos, um, you know, plastic mail uh, lunchbox. Did you notice that? It, like, it, it literally it like looks like a lunch pail that I used to take my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to school in. And I couldn't tell what was on the, the top, but it looked like it was maybe a My Little Pony or, uh, I don't know. More like My Space Pony. My Space Pony, yeah. And so she starts, ta- and I'm, I'm like, when I'm looking at this, she's laying everything out in all of the pictures, and she pulls out like this hand scanner. Right. What I'm thinking at this point is that she's using this hand scanner to look at pictures of her mom and compare the pictures of her mom to what she thinks that she sees every night. And it's maybe trying to see, well, she's always the same. Or I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought it was a, but no, what she's doing is basically carbon dating everything that she has and everything she owns is 37 months old. Right. You know? And that includes Mr. Snuffleupagus, space uh, <laughs> alien, whatever his name is. Um, and all the pictures, her journals, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And then there's a scene right at the end when she's, it's all becoming, she grabs one thing, like that, that picture of her and her sister. And, and she's, I think she's holding it, or maybe she's holding something else or whatever. And she puts the scanner over it and scans it. Mm-hmm. And I thought what was going to happen is the scanner was going to scan her hand Right. And see that she was, you know, 43 months old or mm-hmm. whatever. But it's not. Oh, it's it's the necklace. It's the necklace mm-hmm. that she's getting because it's in her hand. Right. So that's where I thought the scan. But that's that's not it. And then, of course, she gets mad at the scanner because it's not really the scanner's fault. Well, we don't. I mean, we don't really know how old she is. No, we don't. Now, we do know that she had to have been designed into that body. Right. Because Maddox is only so many years old. Right. So, you know, I would think that he would um, c- construct them so that they're basically in their adult bodies already. I agree. So they wouldn't have to grow into it. But I don't think that she would be 37 months old. She's probably more than that. Well, I, I know. And that's, that's what I was saying is that mm-hmm. I thought when they scanned it, right. that it was going to say something like probably, I don't know, 58 months old. Right. And then she would <laughs> she would look at it, and then she would maybe look at the results, and it would show like an image of her hand. Right. But it didn't do that. It no. just said thirty seven years old. Mm-hmm. So, so then we jump over to Picard, 
getting beamed in, mm-hmm. and he's not being beamed into the uh, special see, envoy diplomatics. He's dropped right into the cube, which I did not understand. I don't either. I wonder who sent those coordinates because I don't exactly. think it's going to be the director who we're fixing to meet. And why would the Romulans like beam him? You know, so want him to beam him. in. You That's think? Why, oh, you doggone right! I think so. How many of the Romulans would know that he was actually Locutus? How many wouldn't? Especially the ones who are on a Borg cube. I mean, think about it. Those people who work there, the Borgs. I mean, of course, there's people that are, you know, the cooks and whatnot. Uh-huh. But I think any Romulan who's working on there with the Borg would know who Locutus was. Really? Oh yeah. It why? To, it had to have been big, big news. You think? Oh, I do. I don't think that there would be news reaching the Romulan Star Empire, though. I'll agree to disagree. You know? I'm just thinking they must have had the Weekly World newspapers (laughs) when they were checking out. I I don't know. (sighs) But he starts, uh, of course, starts to have all these massive flashbacks. One, I think, is actually him in his current age being turned into Locutus. Yeah. I couldn't be sure because there were so many images flashing so fast. All I know is that, you know, he is in distress. Yes, and he's about to actually fall over the precipice. Right. And, and then he gets grabbed. Right. And he's like, oh no, they're coming for me. Oh no, he's screaming, let me go, yeah. let me go. And, and then the director shows up. It's weird because I'm old, in the next generation, you always see him in control. Always. And you don't see that very much at all here. Exactly. It's like, you know, he's just like, I, I don't know how to uh, describe it. It's like he's just. He's old. Yeah. I don't, and I don't mean that as an insult. We're all getting older. Right. But, you know, all of the things that made Captain Jean-Luc Picard always mm-hmm. in control of every situation, those things are gone. I mean, they're, they're muscle memory, okay? Mm-hmm. You do the same thing every day. You're a gunfighter in the mm-hmm. Wild West. You're pulling your gun out. You're cocking and shooting and everything. You do that. And then you don't do that. For 30 years. Right. And then somebody hands you a gun and says, this guy's fixing to kill you if you don't kill him. You know what to do. Right. But do you have the actual memory and capacity to do it the way that you did it before? And I think that's what it is right here. Is he was getting by for so long, Mm -hmm. having put that stuff behind him. And now he's come back to do it. And he doesn't have, whether it's the way that, that, um, that, that the Admiralty in Starfleet looks down at him now. Okay. Right. When he said something, it would it was jump. Picard says this. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> now, not only that, when it's he's you know all these flashbacks and everything, mm-hmm. that's mental health, man. That's just rolling over him like a steamroller. Basically, PSTD. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That exactly, Gus. And so that's what's what's I think is happening here. So I, I wouldn't doubt that some Romulan, who's because you know the the Borg killed thousands upon thousands of Romulans too. Mm-hmm. You know, or or, or converted them or whatever you know right. so i wouldn't doubt that somebody dropped him there on purpose otherwise if it had been um if it had been the director who were uh-huh. the meet he wouldn't have dropped him there or he would have been standing right in front of him right when he materialized because it's not like he couldn't have like you know touched his comm badge and say you know you could beam him in now i'm in position right he would have had a, a cup of earl, te- earl gray tea waiting for exactly him, you know? but we do meet him and that director is hugh hugh no it's you you. No, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> and I love the look that they give him, especially his eyes. Mm-hmm. He has two very distinct and different eyes. 
the ice colors, the, you know, and so you, you could tell, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you could tell he's just not right. Mm-hmm. He's just not like others. Well, you know, also considering that he has like metal coming out of his skin on right. his face. Right. Yeah, that, that does tend to, uh, to, but man, he's got good hair. <laughs> oh my God, he's got good hair. So I love the mm. way that they're walking through the cube. This is what we think of when we think of a Borg cube. But it's well lit, and there's tons of people. Well, I wouldn't say it's well lit. Well, I mean, there's 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 lights everywhere. Right. I mean, yeah, they're not up above you. But I do love the fact that if you subtly notice, sometimes when they're walking, the the walls are mm-hmm. reconfiguring. This is the first, right. what we were just talking about earlier. It's like this Borg ship is, is almost still alive, you know? And it's, it's I don't know what, what the reason is. But to me, it's not a static thing anymore, right. you know? And Picard is really, really um, unsettled yes. by seeing all these Because he did something I would not expect the great Admiral Picard to do. When that um, X-Drone comes, he uh-huh. literally, like, lowers his head yes, to not shame. be seen. And, and, and to not look him in the eye. Exactly, which I'm like, oh, wow, you've really come low. Right, right. But But again, we think about it. Because you know he calls them monsters. He says there's earlier in the in the fight with mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Agnes. He's like they're monsters and they can be. Done. And now he's being dropped in. And I love this scene. This scene is so well done and so well acted. All of the interactions between mm-hmm. him and Hugh, it really makes him start to understand. And he says the same thing later, is that the Borg, the individual Borgs. Right. Are victims. Yes. They're not monsters. Exactly. The collective which, is the monster. Right. Which is true. It is. It you is. know, they did. I'm sure none of them had a choice about no, joining the I'm board. I'm positive none of them did. <laughs> Nobody signed up for that. I mean, can you imagine some Ferengi going, hey, hi, <laughs> I'm looking in the one ass today. The Bjorg are looking for help. Yeah, they want to assimilate me. <sighs> ah. No, yeah, you're right. But, uh, but so, I would, you know, Star, Star Trek has yet to give us a definite answer to what the Borg or, or how they got started. Yeah, and, and, and we could go into that for days, but yes. w- what is your idea of what the Borg are? I have no idea. Really? You I mean, have a... well, I'm talking about the origin. That's what I'm talking about, too. I mean, they could have started off as a bad pro- a program that went rampant, uh-huh. who had access to nanotechnology and decided uh-huh. to spread themselves. Yeah. It could actually be Alia from the motion picture. See, um, that's where I'm going. Is that Voyager, mm-hmm. the the our, our, ran into a, an intergalactic intelligence, right? And they fused together to make whatever that was that came to Earth, right? The but probe. then between De, uh, the Ilian Del, uh, Delta, the Ilian, ah, Ilian the Delta, Alea, Alea, and Decker the human, mm-hmm. when they came and got into it. Now follow me with this because I've given this some thought, but it doesn't, you know. Whatever is they were in love, right? And they were going to copulate to -hmm. become together, okay? And then they were going to to do that in Decker's mind is to have babies and to procreate. So this Voyager intelligence that now has this whole new idea into them, they're like, well, I don't want to have babies with people, but I do need to to procreate, to recreate, and since I can't make them, I'm going to assimilate them and make them to me. Okay? And then it grew and grew and grew. 
Okay, that's and again, you don't have to you don't have to agree with it because well, no, we don't know. It does make sense in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that Aliyah was basically a pro. I yeah, mean, she she, <laughs> she, mim- <laughs> she mimicked humans in every way, but that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean she could have had children. No, right. But I, but the children part comes from, in my mind, the children part comes from when they assimilated Decker. Okay, because Decker was in mm-hmm. love with her. She was in love with him. But right. he was in love with her and, you know, would want to have a family with her and stuff. Right. Even as a subconscious, as humans... That's kind of inbred into us that that we're, you know, that's that's the reason for being for existence. Right. Yeah, is to is to have more of us and to live forever. Mm-hmm. And the only way to live forever right now is through through children. Right. So that's where I think the board came from. Okay. I don't know. I mean, yes, we could we can manipulate it so that it makes sense, but until you know the Star Trek writers say you know this is where the board came from. We really we don't know. know. It's, right. it's all conjecture. You're wrong. You're right. You're totally right. So then um, we jump back and Picard. Yeah, has, we're doing a lot of jumping. I know, right? <laughs> See, and that's the thing. I'm, I just, it's a great show, but give me more than three minutes of something, you know? Because yeah. I get lost when we start come back and do these things. It's almost like every week it's an episode of uh, Predestination. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so um, <sighs> Soji tells her best friend that she, uh, that she what she's figured out, and he offers to do, I guess what I thought was going to be the Romulan uh, mind melds. <laughs> um, but then we quickly jump back again. I don't even know how long that scene was. It's probably like a minute, a minute and a half, where we go to the trauma ward, mm-hmm. and Picard is shown by Hugh, the director, that. We are able to reclaim these people, right. and you know what what it made me think about is when you were just saying earlier that, that they built um, the twins into adult bodies. Mm-hmm. That's not the way with with Borg. No. Borg take children, seven and nine being a perfect example, mm-hmm. and they will grow up. Right. So even if they take all of these implants out of them, they not may not even have a memory of who they were. That's true. You know, so some of them do because they were they were basically children, right? And they had no self. Remember the first time they ran into the Borg, they were actually babies That's right. in incubation That's right. uh, chambers. Yeah. Now we don't know if they. I don't. I don't. I think my mind in those because I remember thinking this because my first thought was, oh, they're making babies. No, uh-huh. they assimilated people. Who were pregnant, right? And then that's they where take, I was going. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, it's not sorry, like it's not you. like the Borg actually, you know, copulated together. Yeah, I will assume you, baby. <laughs> so that's what we're seeing is now that 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 they're taking all of the implants out of them, mm-hmm. and these people are finally themselves for the first time. Um, some of them may not have any personalities. No, they may not. You know, mm-hmm. and you look at some of these people, and they don't. But there's this really great scene because Picard is starting to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell it's like, oh my God, you're you're really doing it. You're doing what, you know, you're you're taking the monster and making it back. You're taking the hide and making it a jackal and making it back in. You know, right? No, that's right. You're taking the Mister Hyde and turning him back into Doctor Jekyll. Um, Jekyll sounds like the monster. I know it does. That's what that's what threw me. You know, even though I know better. So if you'll notice in that scene, that mm-hmm. scene is very well lit. Mm-hmm. Versus when they were walking through it, even though they had lights and everything, all the lights were down below right and to the floor so this one's got it from up above but you gotta think this is also the equivalent of a hospital exactly you would have to be able to see what you're doing but in my mind and watching that i'm seeing we see light Mm -hmm. and therefore we see hope 
And oh. I'm thinking they did that oh. on purpose. Yeah. So you know. good point, Jamie. Thank you. I have them <laughs> occasionally. Um, <sighs> and again, before we really get a good idea for that, we drop back. Now we're on back on the USS Van Halen, <laughs> and um, uh, Raffi Raffi uh, owes uh, Rios no owns. She lost the bet. She lost the bet. Right. Because Raffi Rios... owns Rios two strips of blood right. because the twin is alive. Right. And uh, she, you know, Raffi thought that that was a safe bet. Right. Right. And then that's what, now she's got a little cup of coffee in her. She's like, well, pff, I would have thought they would kill her. I mean, why wouldn't they kill her in that case they, and then she stops and she exactly. starts thinking they need something exactly. from her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love how analytical she could be. Right. Like, she's like, wait, why are you doing, there's got to be a reason why you're doing this. Yes, yes. And that brain, that brain of the commander or whatever, Raffi, uh-huh. who worked under Picard. Right. You can see right then, that's who that woman is. Right, you know? yeah. Yes, there's booze and there's there's drugs and there's whatever mm-hmm. else in her, but that's her right there. Right. And I'm kind of hoping that this is going to spark in her so that she pulls out of this slump that she's mm-hmm. in. Again, don't know. But you can see now she's got something to hang on yeah, to. Yeah, something to not worry about, feel bad about herself. Right. Now she can focus on something else. Uh, and then, so we get 45 seconds, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then we bop back to it, to the room um, with all of the the lamps and right. stuff. Because on. they are going to do the shall mock. Shall mock. And that's where you put your one foot in and you take the one foot, foot out. out. Yeah. <laughs> you shake it all about. <laughs> And that's where we see Soji and Hryarn. Yeah, I wasn't it. even going to try yeah, pronouncing yeah. that. H-R-A-I-Y-A-N, I think. And, and so this is the place he tells her, you asked me earlier if I loved you, if I cared about you and what my name was. And I couldn't answer that, but I can answer it here because basically this is his safe space. Mm-hmm. Okay, And this is, for me, where I'm finally starting to think, oh, He's a bad, I mean, he's not a bad guy either. He's a victim. Now, again, I know the answer to this, but at that moment when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, you know what? I think he's going to save her and he is going to get away with her and he really cares about her right now is trying to help her. And then, you know, what do we get 10 minutes later? And I'm like, well, that was wrong, Jamie. Well, I don't. I don't doubt the fact that he had feelings for her, mm-hmm. but his mission took precedence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I need that. I need the location so I can kill all of your people. Right, right. Not you though, because you know you're special. Oh no, uh, no, 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 she, no, he does. <laughs> she has to go too. That's right. So basically, this is something that only non-round ears can get into. I mean, only yeah, not round ears can't get into. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, talk about a racist remark. Round ear. That automatically I think of round eyes, you know? Oh, that's yeah. Exactly, you see? And yes. I was like, that's clever because you're taking an established one that people used mm-hmm. and putting it on another body part and right. you're still doing the same thing. Um, so they bring him into this place and there's this weird shaped path on the, mm-hmm. the ground and it's basically dream analysis. Right. And he's walking her through it and you, again... Again, I got this feeling, oh man, he's really trying to help her. He's really and then all of a sudden it switches and we see the sister watching in on it. Yeah. So then I'm starting to think, oh crap. Okay, well, Jamie, you you didn't get that. 
So he starts walking <laughs> her through her dream, and very mm-hmm. well done too. It's, yeah. He's able to pull her out of it when she gets to be too much, and teaches her to ground herself and to look around. And she looks out the windows, um, and all that we know is going to play a part in it with the rains, mm-hmm. you know, and the electricity and stuff. But um, uh, back to what he was saying, or why is she dreaming? Right, and. From his explanation of it, it's the fact that subconsciously she realizes she's a synth. Right. But her conscious knows she's human. And that that conflict is manifesting itself into dreams, which is um, which they come about to try to, I, I guess, cons- reconcile themselves. Exactly. Yeah. But, well, that does explain why she would be dreaming that she, Oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna spoil it yet. Yeah, yeah. It comes in a few minutes. <laughs> right. So let's go. Let's go to that. Right. So, yeah, he gets her finally through uh, her looking at her surroundings and gets mm-hmm. her to um, the room, mm-hmm. and she's able to open the door. She knows what's going to happen, but let's not get scared this time because he's going right. to yell at you. But know that he's going to yell at you, and he can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Come and look and see what's going on in the room." And again, we see orchids. Mm-hmm. She still gets scared. She still jumps out of it. Right. And so he is going to now. And I love the way that you could see the, the top shots from this room. And I don't know what you'd call it. You'd call it a, a prayer room or a meditation room or something. You know, you get the idea of it. It's a secluded spot that only right. Romulans are supposed to go out of. But yet you can see from up above. So it makes me mm-hmm. wonder, is this at the top of the, sh- the queue? I know. Because I'm what? like, why would they have all those? The windows. Glass? Yeah. yeah, it's windows. Um, and why is it on the Borg ship? Why well, wouldn't but, it be in one of the Romulan ships? Well, I'm assuming it's because they're the the, the, the Romulans are oh. on the the cube, the artifact itself. So okay. they've taken over certain areas for their um, their, their religious practices or for their okay. you know. So they're not that, living. That with the makes other sense. Yeah. So that's what I think. So there's some really cool camera work here because you're looking down, um, and she's do, walking the path, and and he's talking in his ear, and then wham. Once again, we go back, and now it's it's Picard and Hugh. They found out that Soji is called in sick for the day, mm-hmm. and so they show up in her room, which her room, as we know, is torn apart. Now I have to look at the setup of the room, right? Like basically, when you open your door, right away, you know, any visitor could see everything, right? So you know, what about if you know if she had been having you know if she was copulating with Narek, yeah. And some centurion. You better want to lock the door or something. You know? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, do you that... mean the windows? <laughs> no, I'm just what I'm saying. Are you, right. Do you mean that people can look through the door, the windows on the door, and see in? Right. I mean, because, and I'll tell you why. It's because I thought something along those same lines. But if you'll notice, when the doors to the chamber close, it, they get locked, so you can't see through them. So, but yeah. still, it's but just... still, and for me, as soon as they open the door, it's obvious that something's going on in this room. Either she's been in a struggle, exactly, or, and they're not like. And, and Hugh, God bless him, he's going around picking stuff up. Oh, look, it's a scanner. <laughs> How about we turn the scanner back and see what she was looking at? Nah, he just looks at it and. With his right. fingerprints all over it and sets it down and, and goes Yeah, it's on. just like, oh, the room's a total mess, but, hmm. you know, let's just take our time and analyze what's going is. on. Oh, look, she <laughs> likes pictures. I like pictures. <sighs> yeah, no. So we don't get much of that until we bounce back to the to the dream. And now she's back at the door, mm-hmm. and she gets herself in through the door. Right. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. You know what's going to happen. Work through this. You can get past it. 
And so she does. She mm -hmm. sits there, and her father finally turns around, and you can't see his face. That was a creepy scene. Was see, that's my 1980s uh, ho uh, horror shout-out, you know? And so she runs away from him around to the table where he mm -hmm. was blocked by the orchids. Again, right. the orchids, we'll find out later eventually. And she sees herself as a right. Pinocchio puppet mm -hmm. doll uh, laid out in pieces on the table. Yeah, that was creepy. It was very <laughs> creepy, especially the way the doll was looking up. Yes, and, like, and the only thing I thought that was that was just it was so weird is that the way um, her face to me didn't mimic the way the look of the rest of her body. Well, her, the face looked almost exactly human. My thing is, they took her face and just superimposed yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with you. But again, it's her brain, it's her dream, so that's how she's looking at things. Because that looks exactly It does. It like looks her. exactly like her. You know, right. I would have thought it would have been more of a, a you know, rough hewn look. I mean, even her lips are colored. Right. But but again, I don't want to pick something apart. I mean, but, or it could have just been CGI. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would have been a pretty good use of CGI there. It, it was. And then that's when she realizes, oh, it's me, it's me on the right. table. But, you know, and Derek, man, he's his little... It, his little ears are really starting to poke up because he's like, I'm getting there. Right. So he's quickly, look up, look up. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you see. Mm -hmm. And that's when she sees two moons that are dark blood red. Mm -hmm. And boom, they have their answer. Yes. And what is the question to this in Jeopardy? The answer is a planet with two moons. Um, Alex, I'll say, where is the Borg homeworld for 500? <laughs> and now they have their answer. Yes. What they have been working for from basically episode one. Yeah, yeah. And so, again, I know, I feel that he is a victim because he's got tears in his <laughs> eyes. He's being overcome by emotion. He realizes we've got what we want from you, mm -hmm. but now i got to kill you. Yes. But honestly, that, that sort of is the Romulan way. It is, it is. Uh, again, uh, I let my, my Hallmark heart Right. You know, make me think this is all, but this is how it should have gone. And that's the mm -hmm. one. And she, this is where she starts her, I needed to count it because I swear to God, it's, she says Narek's thing like 17 times <laughs> in a row. Narek, 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 Narek. And then again, you see the doors close and she's trapped in this room. Mm -hmm. And the little Romulan Rubik's Cube starts to work. Right. You know, which was a cool effect mm -hmm. uh, because I was not expecting that. And then it opens up, and this red mist starts to, yes. to pour out. And automatically, you assume it's it's a, it's a poison gas. Which we know would have been of no use against Soji. Right. And so but I'm like... When it does, it does actually touch her, she reacts badly to it. Right. And then the sentry wants to go in because she's not dying right away. Right. He's like, no, don't. The radiation would mm -hmm. kill you. And he's standing there, like, crying. I mean, you, you right. like you said... He really has it. And then when he gets back into her, she's, she's so frustrated and she slams her hand down on it right. and it breaks the floor. Mm -hmm. And boom, this is where her activation <laughs> has cut in. And she just starts going Hulk on the floor, man. Yes. She's like pounding away, breaking through it. And um, I have to admit, that was a really good scene. It was. It was very tense. and Very, I don't want to say data-like, but very, I, I want to say mechanical. It was. And I love it when when she breaks through the floor and she stands up and, and they make eye contact. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. she just does this, whoop, and drops down. Right. And what we didn't say earlier is this point where 
Hugh and, and Picard have been looking for her. There, he, she's off the ship. They can't find her. Right. And he's like, or else she's being concealed. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she breaks out of this room, she's able to drop, I guess, into the the, the conduit underneath it. You know. Yes, but boom, my thing is, you, you know, what are the coincidences that she jumps right in front of Picard and Hugh? Well, well no, she doesn't there. It's because she falls no. into the ductwork, and they're like, "Take me here." Uh-huh. And then she runs, and then she falls. Because so, in my thought, it, it wasn't. It was coincidental, but they were racing to the point where she was. Okay. When she falls through, that I could understand, yeah. but still, no, I mean, it wasn't right where they were looking because they see when she shows up right. in the duct. So then she has to make her way through the duct into another room, mm-hmm. and that's the room that they get to. That's how they see it. Okay, that makes more sense. Right, and then he was like, "Come on, we got to get out of here." The, right, you know, uh, uh, boss hog and it's on his way. So he has to immediately convince her, and then that's right, where because, the necklace comes in because she's not having it. No, she, she just no. she's just been betrayed. Right, and then you jump back to the to USS Van Halen. All of the you love that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> because basically, that's what the it's ship what looks, looks like. like. The does. color scheme. So they, they find out that, uh, oh man, all hell's breaking loose. Mm-hmm. And we're running through the halls and we see that the Hugh comes up to a wall mm-hmm. and he's able to do, 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 and it opens up the door yes. and they go into it. And so it's like hidden. And what what the hell is this? This is the, the Borg Queen's Queen Chamber. Chamber. Man. And I thought there would be more hanging velvet in there, you know, <laughs> but there wasn't. Oh, I know what it is. That's the Borg King's room. Thank you very much. <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know if they ever mentioned this in Voyager, the the the, the Queen cell. Uh huh. But, but we see it in First Contact. I mean, I assume that's what it is. Is where Picard is being held. Picard and Data are being held. Uh, no, because they actually where it comes down. But they have actual. I think that was a processing center. Oh, okay. But no, I think this is a completely new room. Oh, okay. Well, we definitely know that the that this thing that pops out of the floor, this spatial transmitter or mm-hmm. something from the Sakarians, which right. I wanted to go and Google that and I didn't get a chance to do it. <laughs> the name sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure it's from a previous episode, uh, an episode from the Next Generation. I-, I wondered at first if it was the ones, but those were the Io Ioceans right. that had the you know early right. early on. Um, so, this thing is a. It comes up out of the floor, and it basically is a transporter for with a forty thousand light years. Forty light years. Forty thousand. Wait, it's forty thousand light years. Okay. And the reason I know that is because Hugh starts to say it, say it, and Soji finishes, mm-hmm. and they're like, "It's one of those. How did I know that?" Right. And the Romulans show up, and they're like screwed because it's not powered up, and they mm-hmm. think they're caught, and then all of a sudden. Elnor. Elnor. And he's like, Elnor, I told you to stay on the ship. Yeah, I, I didn't listen. <laughs> Which is the most obviously duh response. And I love that because it's so deadpan. Um, and so sh- then, all, like I said, it's, it, he's, he kills three of them in like mm-hmm. n- just amazingly quick. Well, I like the fact that you know they don't have so she immediately trusts Picard. True. Yes, I do Because you could tell that she just... Who are you? Why you? You know, you're telling me just to follow you. Yeah, and she's looking for an escape route. Right. You know, just ensure. But when I think when she sees Eleanor kill those Romulans, mm-hmm. that she knows, well, going with them is better than staying with the Romulans. Yeah. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my right. Friend. Yeah. And so the transporter finally gets fired up, and they're ready to go through there, mm-hmm. but Eleanor won't go. Which right. 
I thought was a little stupid. Me too. To be honest. I was like, dude, I mean... I'm going to cover your escape. What escape? They're not going to exactly. be able to follow me 40,000 light years. All Hugh, has, how, Hugh, yeah. all Hugh has to do is deactivate the machine and close the chamber exactly. back up. That's all. Mm-hmm. And then he can go, look, three dead people right outside this blank wall. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. <sighs> but Elnor convinces them, and they do go. And all you can see from them is the back. Mm-hmm. Is the, the doors close, and Elnor's like... Um, Please, oh, my friends. Yeah, yeah. Choose to live. Choose to live. <laughs> Which was the perfect ending. Perfect ending. I mean, you know, so where are they going? They say that they're going to a planet called... Nepthine? Nepthine. Is mm-hmm. that it? And I'm like, Nepthine. I kind of looked it up, and I'm sorry I did, because it told me what it was. <laughs> and so now we know what we're going to see in episode <laughs> seven. Which I had been able to... I mean, I knew they were showing up, mm-hmm. these two people. I knew they were showing up, but I'm very happy that I didn't know until right now <laughs> that they're going to be in this next episode. All in all, I thought it was a great episode. There's a lot of action. Yes. And a lot of reveals. Yes. I did. I think it was probably one of the best episodes so far because I don't think there were really any slow parts to it. Mm-hmm. It was all quick paced development. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the back and forth, back and forth, back right. and forth. But I think they layered in such a way this time where um, you were seeing snippets of things going on in the same space right. at the same time. And I'm okay which, with that. Which, you know, I guess that was the, the, thematically, that was the only way they could do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, what would have happened if they just put all the so generic parts together? Right. It would have been a long right. exposition. Right. And you're right. A long, boring, probably, exposition after five minutes. Right. Right. So this this was, the, and I don't mind the use of it in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's when you've got something going on on the USS Van Halen, and then back at Starfleet Command's book, <laughs> and then they're showing you something from 30 years ago. That's when it's kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to keep up. It's guys. hard to Help. keep track. This was a very good use of yes. it, I did feel. Because so. um, besides this one, last week's episode, it's it ended with a lot of action. It did. It it started kind of slow. Right. But you know this. This one, was a true cliffhanger. That that that's oh, how I feel. This yes, was a true cliffhanger. Yes. Versus last one, when it was in a oh god moment <laughs> because she just killed him. This one is like oh god, what's going to happen next? Right. This is what those one of those episodes that draws me to oh crap. Now we're going into a. You know, the fall di- hiatus. And exactly. We get to see it. We're going into a different phase of the show. Right, right. And now, now we're going to see it. So, <laughs> so all, all in all, this has <laughs> probably been my favorite episode so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the uh, the premiere, the pilot episode, was probably now my second favorite. Um, it's also um, one that's really getting me excited to go forward and see what's happening next. Right. Yeah. And like I said, the early episodes of Picard, they were, you know, you had to like, I don't want to say slow through, uh, you know, slow through them to uh-huh. get to the good part. But in my mind, it was just setting up the universe about right. where Picard was. And, and that's with every season, episode one. But the thing one. was, it, it was criticized for that because people were saying it was too slow. Okay, you know, I'm sorry, guys. Sometimes you just got to realize a lot's happened. So there's a lot to tell you. Exactly. What's you know, so suck it up and just watch it. Exactly. Show me you more know. seven and nine. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like a slow burn. Yeah. Till yeah. you get to the end, and it's like a quick burn, and then everything explodes. Exactly. Pew exactly. pew. And I can't wait for this one to explode because it's uh, 
It's going to be cool. And the next season is... I'm, I'm looking forward to next season as well because you know me, I love a good what-if story. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you knew what was going to happen. Yes, yeah. that's a huge what-if. Yeah. yeah, so looking forward to that. But uh, we have a few episodes left of this one. So I think soon we're going to try to, if it's okay with you, we're going to try to increase uh, our recording and mm-hmm. we're going to plow through these because I don't know if I told you this, but... <laughs> I sat down to watch six and then I was like, wait, she killed Maddox? What? What? So I had to go back and rewatch a recap episode. So I don't want to go that far with the next one. <laughs> we'll cook you something else next time. <laughs> oh, thanks for coming into the plastic. How, how do you like the new setup? I like it. Yeah. A pod universe in case I know you can't see this, but I'm actually in a director's chair. That's right. That's right. And I have two of them. So next year, 2023, when we kick off Scout and Jamie's watch party, <laughs> Scout and I will be sitting in those chairs for mm-hmm. the episodes when she's here watching the uh, Star Wars movies uh, up above oh, us. Oh, okay. So you you may not see them now, but you will see them next year. So. <laughs> well, Gus, thanks for coming in again. I really appreciate it. And, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me as usual. Right. In Podcast Universe, I appreciate you joining us for this uh, extremely erratic coming out whenever we want to show called <laughs> Complete Disarray with Jamie Ray. Good night. Super Gus, take us out. Goodbye, Pod Universe. <laughs>